purchased as holy. And so in the sections of the triumphal entry, what's noted in the English text there as the triumphal entry, um, you see that the Sabbath is now passed, which no one would be able to travel during that time. So Sabbath is passed. The triumphal entry is beginning that is that first day of the week on Sunday. And people, that is the faithful, are moving toward Jerusalem because we're in the season of Passover. So, so the faithful are making their way toward Jerusalem for Passover. And that Sunday then, as I said to you, marks what the church then is historically holding to these Gospels um, and has charted out holy to be observed by the people of God, which begins with, and if you were able to go to the small group this week through questions, I know it's still kind of simple and straightforward, but the point of contact is, why is it called Palm Sunday? And I want to bring that out because Luke doesn't record that the tearing of the palms and throwing them on the ground. But that's what the church then gathers in that Easter season of Palm Sunday, is the triumphal entry of our Lord as he enters into Jerusalem. Uh, if, if you notice kind of a, a little bit of a topography note in the passage, just so you have a line uh, kind of wrapped around, what is the scene? So, so if you were there to kind of be able to piece together, what does the travel entry kind of visually look like in your mind? Or from the Mount of Olives, um, what does this all look like? Because you notice verse 37, a little higher in the passage from what we're dealing with this morning. Um, verse 37, it says, as he was drawing near, already on the way down the Mount of Olives. The whole moment of the disciples began with a loud voice, my dear, the works, here is what he's done, lest he come in the name of the Lord. So, so the idea that Luke inserts there, he's on his way down the Mount of Olives, and then that springs forward into verse 41. And when he drew near, he saw a city. Just kind of the piece set together coming down from the Mount of Olives, and then as he drew near, he saw the city. Think of it just a little bit of the idea of at the end. If you go on YouTube, you could go Google it, you could probably look at the back of your study Bible, maybe you could see it there. But the idea is from the Mount of Olives, once you come through a grove, there's an opening. And that opening, it gives you this panoramic view of the city of Jerusalem. So here he keeps passing through a grove, the Mount of Olives. On his way down from the Mount of Olives, you're coming through, you're out in the open, and boom, there's Jerusalem. That's what we start with this morning. He was on his way down, he drew near, and he saw the city. If we were to put it in Pittsburgh terms, it would be, you know, not exactly one for one, but it would be the idea of looking from uh, Mount Washington. Now again, that, that's definitely not one for one. But it gives you an idea of where we go to behold the city, or to view the city. When a visitor comes, you take them to the same spot everybody else goes. From there, boom, you can see the city. And it's beautiful. And you have an idea, and you see the hustle, and the bustle, and the movement, and the lights, and the buildings, and the jail, and everything. Right? And you're all there from the view of the clearing. This is the same idea, again, just putting you from the grove, out of the grove, and on this flat where you can, he can, behold the city. And you notice right away his emotion. 
tease this out just a little bit. But by the way of introduction, he begins to weep because of the prospect that lies ahead for them. What's going to occur? Again, we're looking at Sunday and Monday, five days away from Friday. And here they're living their lives doing their thing. And he gazes up with his panoramic beautiful grove. Because he knows five days from now, I'll be crucified. Interesting, you notice now, we'll get here then next week in the forward going passage, verse 47. After this, what we're going to handle this morning, then you have the cleansing of the temple. You have this, this, uh, this comment from the Lord about the dead of Roberts and the house of prayer. And then verse 47, he was teaching daily in the temple. There's only five days left. And, and look as the text moves forward. He was preaching, he was teaching daily in the temple. And the chief priests and the scribes and the principal men of the people were seeking to destroy him. He knew that. He's in the grove, seeing the panoramic view of the city. But then notice, as is always present, there is but an ember glow, verse 48. It ended up by painting the view for all the people who were hanging The people that he weeps for, the weeps over, our text this morning are going to be those who will reject this teaching and see this and ultimately lead to his crucifixion. They're those who Luke has already warned us. Remember, they're the people of verse 27 of the same chapter. They're enemies of mine. They do not want to remain with That's Why do the nations rage? Why do these people consistently plot in vain? The kings of the earth, they set themselves and rulers and counsel together against the Lord and against his anointing. Jesus just said that in the New They have enemies in the What do you mean? They don't want to live Psalm 2. Verse 3. Let us burst their bonds apart. Let us burst their bonds apart. 
Jesus looks out into the, the panoramic view of Jerusalem. That's the
said it for two days for me to walk by. Verse 76, and you, child of the Lord, will be called the prophet of the Most High. You will go before the Lord and bear the Lord. You acknowledge salvation is evil and forgiveness of our sins of all Jerusalem. Yet you know So he continues, and he says, verse 78, because of the tender mercy of our God, hereby the Son of God shall be the God's from our God. Verse 79.
Remember at this point in the story, we covered this last week, but many of the individuals were of the various different kinds of Jesus that had to be We're wondering, well, what's the weeping? What are we to read of that? What are we to make of this situation of our Lord weeping in the two classes? The crowd goes in. This is what the text says, John 11, verse 436. And as Jesus said, this is the Lord come and see. Jesus wept. John So the Jews said,
same sense of love and the sympathy and sorrow that we can produce in But lashes as it is for the people of all the world. You see, it really is a symbol and a guiding energy of the Remember Luke 13, 34 as well. You remember this passage pretty well five years ago. But I don't remember. Luke 13, 34. 
I said 72, do you remember that text we covered? There were 72 missionaries, 72 men, 72 disciples who set out to do it. We call Jesus, we have to call Jesus, we call him. I called a raging sea. I have fed 5,000 people. I have been disciples. Show us words that God to our fathers. Remember his holy covenant, swore that our father Abraham will do that. He did not let us have to be our children. All of them gathered the children. Others gathered them as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, as promised and prophesied. But you would not. You would not.
debate or kind of discussion about what do we think makes the peace? Why do we talk about some of the other things that we peace? And when we have this discussion throughout the course of the week, because all around us, in our own lives, in our own lives, in our home, in our neighborhood, on the news, people are seeing the peace. And I know that you join me in saying we have a peace in your sincerity.
Let me read for you a first century historian. This is tested. This is antiquity records. This is legitimate. You'll see this person in Jewish story. He was there with the Jews in place in 780. I'll borrow the scribes here. Oh, everywhere was slaughter and fight. Most of the victims were peaceful citizens, weak and unarmed, butchered, or whatever they were called. Yeah. 